Hola, welcome to the Be Money podcast for Generation X, where we will discuss anything related to money and the BIPOC and Latino community. This is going to be a safe space to talk about money, mental health, and how it's all connected. We're also going to promote generational wealth, enjoying your money, and a lots more. Thanks so much for being here. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the first episode of the Be Money podcast for Generation X. I'm very, very glad you're here. My name is Deborah, but my friends call me Deb. My pronouns are she, her, ella, and I'm a money coach. Although I love to talk about money and teach about money, I also know that there is an intersection between mental and financial health. I'm a member of the AFCPE, which is the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education, and I'm working toward a certification with the AFCPE to become an accredited financial counselor. In October, I became certified as a mental health first aid responder through the National Council for Mental Wellbeing, and my education credentials, um, aside from those, are a bachelor's degree from the University of Washington and a paralegal certificate from Edmonds College. I was born in Panama, the daughter of an indigenous Nicaraguan mother and a white dad. When I was six, we came to the United States and um, my dad was transferred to Fort Lewis near Tacoma, Washington, and that's about an hour um, south of Seattle. In 1990, I moved to Seattle to go to the University of Washington, and I've lived here ever since. And as I'm recording this podcast, I am looking out the windows towards the east, and I can see snow covering the tops of the Cascade Mountains, and there's like a light pink um, haze in the sky that's just gorgeous. It's a reflection of the sun that's setting on the other side of the building that I'm in, and it's just gorgeous. Um, I love it here. I'm a single mama and caregiver for my mother, um, who is 89 years old, and my sister, who is disabled. My sister, Rebecca, has Down syndrome. I work full-time outside the home for a nonprofit organization, so I am a very busy person. My money story isn't unique, and even if we share similar experiences, we all see and feel them differently. Dysfunctional families are everywhere and mine has been no different. And we were dysfunctional about a lot of things, not just about money. My dad's side of the family suffers from a number of mental health disorders and my mother's side are just not the best or nicest people in the world. And I'm very glad that they live in Panama because I have boundaries. Growing up, my parents fought about money all the time. My dad was an alcoholic. He suffered from PTSD due to his military service in Vietnam. And it was difficult for my mom because she felt very alone in a country where she didn't speak the language, at least at the beginning. She was far from her family. And we came here when my sister was just um, about a month old. The fact that my mother found strength within herself to move forward and fight and do all the things that a parent should do for their children is great, but it shouldn't have been that way. So what I learned about money growing up was that it was something to fight over. 
when someone asks you what your parents taught you about money, there's always going to be an answer that's either negative or positive or maybe somewhere in between, especially if circumstances changed from the time you were, you know, in your childhood all the way up to adolescence. If your parents never talked about money, they were teaching you that it was shameful. And if they argued about it, they were teaching you that it was something that you had to fight about. Seeing kids at school wearing Keds and Nikes when I had to wear Kmart shoes was embarrassing. I was made fun of for not having what was considered cool. I remember once there was this girl who made fun of me because my sandwich was wrapped in foil when other kids had their sandwiches in those plastic baggies that had the little um, part where you fold it over. I also didn't have many school utensils, never mind the extras. I just had the basics. When everyone had the big 64 box of Crayola crayons, I was lucky to get the box of 16 crayons. I didn't have scissors for art class and I didn't have folders or peachies. If you are a member of Generation X, you will know what a peachy is. For those of you who don't know, a peachy is a folder. Looking back, I've learned that it's okay to feel sorry for that little girl who knew she was different and felt like she was alone in being poor. My parents were older also. They were older than most of my classmates, um, my classmates' parents. I had big hair, my mother had a weird name, and I spoke Spanish at home. Being different will make you a target for bullies, and I had a huge red circle on my back. I think this is why, as a teenager, I wanted to earn money so I could buy things. I wanted to buy a pair of Nikes, and I wanted to buy a Nike gym bag, even though I was totally not athletic and totally not on any of the sports teams. And I eventually did buy those things. I remember being proud that I could buy them with my own money and that I could show classmates that I was as good as they were and that they could notice me because now we wore the same kinds of shoes. Unfortunately, I didn't have the really expensive Nikes and that even wearing the damn shoes wasn't enough to get anyone to notice me. And it just goes to show that wearing the so-called right clothes isn't a guarantee that someone will pay attention to you. I could go on and on about what I wish I had learned about money when I was younger, but my mom was too busy trying to feed us, my dad was absent, and all I learned from my relatively well-off grandmother, my dad's mom, was that when you bought something, it had to be the absolute cheapest of everything. It had to be on clearance. And when I say clearance, I'm talking the ugliest, dustiest sweater in a long forgotten bin in the corner of a department store basement because it was like 200% off. She was that kind of person. And in fact, I didn't even realize until I was an adult or almost an adult that my grandmother had a lot of money. And unfortunately, the things that I went through as a kid is a common theme among many families, especially families of immigrants um, and some families of color. Our parents were just trying to survive and there wasn't time always to go over, you know, to sit down and go over bills with the kids and teach them how to budget, how to save money, how to invest, how to write a check. And a 401k, even today, my mother doesn't know what that is. And she's lived here most of her life. As a teen, I spent money without intention. 
as an adult, I continued that pattern and I added something else to the mix. And that, my friends, is retail therapy. If I got a raise, I'd spend the money. If I came into money, I would spend it. If I was sad in my marriage, I would buy something out of spite. My ma was the kind of person who would encourage my spending, saying, te lo mereces, you deserve it. La vida es corta, life is short. And I would take that as permission to spend freely. As a young adult, I would be short on rent or I couldn't pay my phone bill and I would end up calling my mother and asking her for money. She would send the money without question and without reprimand. I think she did it because she took it as her kid needing financial help and she was able to provide it and that's just how she wanted to do it. Instead of teaching me how not to spend money outside of my means, she just plugged the holes in a ship that was sinking. Yet somehow, with all my shenanigans with money, I was eager to learn about money and financial health. I've never been good at math, but I loved reading about money and making calculations, like figuring out how much was taken out of my paycheck in taxes, or how much I could expect at my next paycheck. I read Susie Orman and David Bach religiously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, it was the 90s. I learned that it was a grown-up responsible thing to have an emergency fund, to buy life insurance, max out your retirement plan, and invest. I wanted, really, really, really wanted to do those things. I talked to my then-husband about it, and he was pretty apathetic about the whole thing. He basically went along with my ideas, but we still did not do the things. On paper, we made enough to cover our necessities, you know, like pay the mortgage, pay bills, and have a fun night out once in a while. And we even had money to save and do all the things we were supposed to do as responsible adults. We never fought about money, but money played a huge role in the demise of our marriage. And that's no surprise, but that's a story for a future episode. In future episodes, I will invite you further into my life and I'll be talking about mental health and how it's tied to your financial health. I'm going to invite people to come and talk to us about their experiences and how they've overcome trauma in their childhoods, how they may have started saving late for retirement, but are now looking at savings and retirement accounts that may not have millions of dollars, but that are going to see them through. I want to show my fellow Gen Xers, especially women, the BIPOC community, my Latinos, the LGBTQIA community, and all historically excluded groups, that wherever you are on your journey, you can do big and wonderful things with the power of your money. The strength is in you, and we're not alone. I'm 52, and yeah, I got started late in my financial journey, but the important thing is that I am on a journey, and this is my journey. In closing, I want anyone who joins me to know that this is a place where trans is beautiful, Black Lives Matter, aquí se habla español, love is love. We will stop Asian hate. We honor and recognize that we are on Duwamish land. We see your abilities and your gifts, and no one is illegal on stolen land. A very wise woman, Queen Beyonce, once said, quote, 
Your self-worth is determined by you. You don't have to depend on someone telling you who you are. Unquote. Thanks so much for listening. Mil, mil gracias. If you have suggestions for future topics, I welcome them. You'll find me mostly on Instagram, so you can DM me there. You can also send an email to deb at bmoneycoaching.com. My name is Deborah Johnson Miranda. Remember always that you are the boss of your money. Quien manda aquí eres tú. Hasta la próxima. This podcast was created by Deborah Johnson Miranda. The Be Money podcast for Generation X is a product of Be Money Coaching. The information contained here is not intended to replace the advice of a licensed professional. Like this podcast? Help us promote it. Save it to your favorites list. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Sign up for my weekly newsletter at bemoneycoaching.com and follow me on social media.